0: Hello and welcome. Finding Home and Jan Pepler Home are where we explore the connection between people and places. I am Dr. Jan Pepler and I have been studying the psychology of home for many years. Earlier this week, I posted an installment of my American in Italy during COVID 19 story on Finding Home on Substack.com, and it was titled Fierce Compassion. Today I thought I would talk more specifically about what I think fierce compassion is and how it relates to home. In my Substack posting, I referred to two stories. One is found in the book Wisdom Rising, A Journey into the Mandala of the Empowered Feminine. The author is Soltrim Elyon, and the easiest way to find information on this book is to visit. WisdomRisingBook.com. So here is the story directly from uh, Sultram Alion's own words in the book Wisdom Writing. She says, I was at lunch with the Dalai Lama and five Buddhist teachers at Spirit Rock Meditation Center. We were sitting in a charming room with white carpets and many windows. The food was a delightful, fragrant, vegetarian Indian meal. There were lovely flower arrangements on the table. We were discussing sexual misconduct among Western Buddhist teachers. A woman Buddhist from California brought up someone who was using his students for his own sexual needs. One woman said, We are working with him with compassion trying to get him to understand his motives for exploiting female students and to help him change his actions. The Dalai Lama slammed his fist on the table, saying loudly, Compassion is fine, but it has to stop, and those doing it should be exposed. All the serving plates on the table jumped, the water glasses tipped precariously, and I almost choked on a bite of saffron rice in my mouth. Suddenly, I saw him as a fierce manifestation of compassion, and realized that this clarity did not mean that the Dalai Lama had moved away from his compassion. Rather, he was bringing compassion and manifesting it as decisive fierceness. His magnetism was glowing like a fire. I will always remember that day because it was such a good teaching on compassion and precision. Compassion is not a wishy-washy, anything-goes approach. Compassion can say a fierce no. So here I must give credit to Sultrim for the term fierce compassion. When I hear this story of the Dalai Lama being so clear and immediate in his response, I am reminded of the importance of boundaries. Boundaries are absolutely critical. We need boundaries. Now, I say this as someone who also embraces the Buddhist idea that there is no other and there is no self. We are all one. I see myself and everyone else as divine manifestations of God, yet trapped in human bodies and human minds. That being said, for years my spirituality was deeply rooted in a Christian understanding, particularly of forgiveness. Forgiveness that we recognize we are all flawed. That we each make mistakes. We each do bad things. Goodness knows I mess up all the time. I thought compassion meant that if I accept that I myself am faulty, then I needed by extension to accept the faults of others. Consequently, I allowed incredibly inappropriate behavior because I could see the log in my own eye as well as seeing the speck in a friend's. I would turn the other cheek. And Both ideas, as you may know, come from the book of Matthew in the Bible. But compassion and forgiveness are more than acceptance. It has taken me a long time to understand on a deeper level that if we ignore bad behavior, if we too easily forgive without holding people accountable, without imposing consequences, then we do harm to ourselves and to everyone else as well. Compassion is loving ourselves and loving others. There is no separateness. Therefore, that same love and compassion demands we call each other out on bad behavior because what is done to one and is done to another is done to ourselves, and this is the importance of boundaries—the importance of boundaries, clear lines that say no. This is not acceptable. When this line is crossed, there are consequences. You will be held responsible. You know the the Me Too and, and Black Lives Matter movements are examples of fierce compassion in action. People must be held accountable. For bad behavior. <clears throat> my other story in my finding post titled Fierce Compassion was from last spring when COVID-19 had become a pandemic and Americans were dying almost exponentially. Yet our president at that time was saying COVID would go away by that by the summer. And he was also saying it wasn't any worse than the flu he had even begun pushing hydrochloroquine as a cure. Every single day, the President of the United States was saying something that was irresponsible, dismissive, and dangerous. And we all now know this to be true one year later. But it was at that time that a cousin attacked me on Facebook and accused me of being quote, blinded by hate. She later admitted that she had lashed out. Those were her words. She said she admitted she she had lashed out, but you know, she never apologized and she never recanted. I really struggled with this. You know, I understood that she was frustrated and that she was on edge but all of us were. The whole world was spinning in confusion and despair, but lashing out at me was not acceptable. Now, I also have to note that her comment was in response to a prayer that had been posted, a prayer that, that prayed that the president would do better that his administration would respond better, and that the deaths and suffering would stop. And it is for this post, this prayer, that my cousin called me blinded by hate. I reached out to her on Facebook. I responded to her on Facebook, and when that didn't work, I reached out to her through email. And I knew that she and I had opposing views on the President, and still, I really tried to find a common ground. I mean, I was really clear that I had not insulted the President. I'm always careful uh, with language, and I'm careful not to call people names. I don't wish anyone ill, and in this case particularly, it was a prayer. It was a prayer. So what I kept coming back to was pretty simple. We were family and she knew me. She knew I wasn't a hateful person, right? I mean, she knew I was loving. We had a good relationship, didn't we? We were friends. We respected each other. We spent time together. We ate together. We laughed together. How could she call me hateful? I felt really determined to heal this misunderstanding because I I felt like if I couldn't maintain peace within my own family, if I couldn't, if, if together we could not respect and love each other and honor our differing points of view, then what hope was there for our country? And this thought was devastating to me but unfortunately my cousin refused to meet me halfway. She continued to spin like a top and kept bringing politics into her defense and she never recanted her words. This went on actually for quite a while, longer than it should have (laughs) actually, because I kept trying until I finally realized I had to say no more. Enough is enough. She had crossed the line of acceptable behavior. So my response actually had been similar to the woman in the first story, in Sultram Alion's story. Here I was doing my best to work with my cousin with compassion, to try to get her to understand her motives for a lashing out and to help her change her actions. But in the end, I needed to respond as the Dalai Lama did, with decisive action and fierce compassion. And so I ended all communication with her. And how was this response compassionate? She was hurting me. If I allowed the communication to continue as it was, she would continue to hurt me. And if I did this, I would not be practicing compassion for myself. When we speak of compassion, we often think of it in terms of something we have for others. But compassion is more than understanding and acceptance. It is the opposite of sacrifice. We forget that compassion is necessary for ourselves as well. If there is no self and no other, then bad behavior hurts all of us. As John Dunn wrote centuries ago, no man is an island unto himself. What hurts another hurts me. Compassion demands care for all sentient beings. Compassion also demands justice. Compassion holds boundaries to keep the world in balance. When we manifest decisive fierceness in the face of wrongdoing, we bring compassion to the world. And not only is our home part of this world, home is in us. When we have compassion for ourselves by saying no to bad behavior, we recognize God within us. And that, my friends, is the true coming home. Thank you for listening. If this podcast resonated with you in any way, I would love to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and join the conversation by logging into JanPeplerHome.com or at FindingHome.Substack. Also, please follow this podcast, and you will be notified each time there is a new episode. Thank you again. May you practice fierce compassion, and have a wonderful day.